Welcome to Positively West Virginia, where each week we share positive stories about successful West Virginia businesses making a difference in our great state. Positively West Virginia is brought to you by the State Journal, WV News, and Interaction Media. Now, let's get down to business with your host, Jim Matuga. Coming to you from the Interaction Media Studio in Morgantown, welcome to Positively West Virginia. Every week, we talk with West Virginia business leaders and share their success stories with people just like you in West Virginia and across the country. For those of you joining us for the first time, welcome. We're glad you're tuning in on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you're listening to your favorite podcasts and even Facebook Live. And for those of you who are regulars, thank you guys for supporting our podcast as we're now in our third year. We really appreciate that. You guys are awesome. When we first started this podcast project in 2017, one of the things we wanted to do was encourage our listeners with these inspirational business stories. We wanted to equip people with you know, inspirational stories that they could wrap their heads around and say, wow, if that's happening, maybe I can do something too. I see so many positive things happening in West Virginia business every day that a lot of people never hear about. My team at Interaction Media is working to change that with this podcast so that people realize you don't have to leave West Virginia to find great career and business opportunities. They're right here in our state. We want to encourage people to stay here and build great companies right here in West Virginia. All of our guests are people who are really getting that done. And I'm convinced we can all learn from their experiences and their stories. This week, we're going to visit with Christina Serbak and her organization, WV Women Work Incorporated. Christina, are you ready to get down to business? I am. Let's go. All right. I'm really excited to have you on our show today to to learn more about your story and what you guys are doing uh, with WV Women Work. Christina Serbak is the executive director of WV Women Work. They're headquartered right here in Morgantown, West Virginia. WV Women Work, WVWW, uh, was founded in 2000 with the mission of helping women to achieve economic self-sufficiency. Today, the organization operates the Step Up for Women pre-apprenticeship program with satellite training sites housed within registered apprenticeship centers across the state of West Virginia, with two construction training sites and two advanced manufacturing training sites, all exclusively for women. I love that. Christina Serbak joined the WVWW team in 2006, first as an AmeriCorps VISTA and then as a program co- uh, coordinator, later as de- uh, the deputy director, and in 2017 was ultimately named the executive director. So congratulations, Christina. As a subject matter expert on the recruitment and retention of women into non-traditional occupations, Christina provides technical assistance to registered apprenticeship programs. She holds a West Virginia Residential Contractors License, which is pretty impressive, and he, uh, was recognized recently as a genera- uh, Generation Next Award winner for her work with WVWW and other nonprofit organizations. I invited Christina on the show today to talk about her organization, to share her story, and give our audience some valuable insight into her organization in West Virginia. Christina, take a minute, fill in some gaps from that brief intro, and give us a little behind-the-curtain look into your organization. Sure. Well, you know, as the intro said, I came in 2006. uh, And when I came to work with Women Work, um, we were relatively small. It was myself and the executive director. 
Um, we had one other satellite site at the time in Charleston. Um, and I came as an AmeriCorps VISTA. So I was essentially a volunteer. Yeah. Uh, and at that time in my life, I was, um, I was personally really struggling. Um, I was, I was a teenage mother at a very, very young age at the age of 14. Um, I had moved out of my home when I was 16 and I had recently just come from Randolph County, uh, graduated from Elkins high school. And I was kind of at a point in my life where I was just trying to figure out how I was going to make this work, you know, how I was going to turn things around, um, what I could, what I could possibly do to just survive and make a life for my child. And so just in a, in a really bizarre, <laughs> uh, you know, series of events, I ended up at Women Work having never heard of them, having no idea, um, you know, what their programs were like or what their mission was about. Mm-hmm. I just kind of stumbled on them. Wow. And I'm like, oh, you know, this is empowering. This is cool. Um, I'm going to do this AmeriCorps Vista thing for a year and then I'll, I'll figure things out, you know. Yeah. Uh, and while I was there, I'm seeing women just like myself in very similar circumstances come through this organization that's helping them for free. Yeah. And making huge strides, just really turning things around in under a year. And that really resonated with me uh, so deeply that here I am, you know, almost I've been with Women Work for almost half my life now. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, and I was hooked. You know, I, it was really it sounded like the answer to me, to all of my problems personally. And I just felt like up until that point, I didn't understand why. You know, coming up in school where, you know, when I was in high school, everyone, everyone knew that I had a baby. Mm -hmm. Um, It wasn't a secret. And Mm -hmm. I was still really kind of pushed. You need to go to college. You need to go to college. And though that is a that is a viable option for some people. It's just not for others. Mm. And for me at that time, I was already incurring a lot of debt, you know, Mm -hmm. taking night classes and it just wasn't a good option for me. And here here are all these other occupations where going to college taking on all that debt, doing the traditional, you know, daytime classes, none of that's in the mix. You go straight to work. You're also earning a degree. You're getting paid. And that, that is a viable option that makes a lot of sense for a lot of families. And I was never told about it. And a lot of women just don't hear about it. And so I really felt like somebody had taken me behind the curtain. And I just really wanted to lift that curtain for every other woman that would listen to me. Um, so that's really what women work is about, you know, just teaching women about these options that are out there for occupations that you can get into relatively quickly, that there's a, there's a, you know, straight, straight line up career ladder. Um, not a lot of time you can work your way up. You can be making good money and you're not taking on a lot of debt in the meantime. Yeah. That's that's Uh, incredible. And and, and it, it, it almost sounds like, you know, that you're really there to equip women to raise their earning potential, uh, absolutely. With, with, you know, in West Virginia, and and I think that's really cool. What, Chris, Christina, if you could just kind of maybe take a, a second, and well, I'm going to ask you to take 30 seconds okay. <laughs> and give us your 30 <laughs> second pitch for WV Women Work. In other words, what is it that you tell people to do, that you do in 30 seconds? Okay. So West Virginia Women Work is a nonprofit that works to help women achieve economic self-sufficiency. And so that means work in a good occupation where you're earning living wages. So we do that by training women to work in construction and manufacturing. Mm. So this program is not 
what I would call a safety net program where it catches you when you're falling. This is a program that's a springboard program. It propels you forward. That's and awesome. it's not just yeah. a great answer for the participants. <laughs> it's a good answer uh, for employers in the area, yeah. for the state that's also needing women to work in these jobs. So it's really an all-around community solution. Awesome. And you did a great job on that, Christina. Thank you for, for really dialing that in and uh, simplifying and clarifying that message for our, our listeners. Great job. Appreciate that. What would you say, Christina, is the thing that you're most excited about for West Virginia women work right now? Well, you know, our, our roots are in direct service. And that means, you know, face-to-face, client-to-client interactions, um, working directly with people. Um, And I always see that being our main focus, but I'm excited about looking at other ways, other types of programs uh, that we can be, you know, helping women get to that next level. Um, So whether that's, you know, there are a lot of barriers facing women that ultimately affect their income, things like childcare, things like transportation, things like teen pregnancy. Um, And those are all issues that, you know, there's there's really not one straight answer for right now. There's a lot of agencies working on it, um, but there's not really a solution. And so that's what, you know, we want to be ultimately as part of that solution, moving people forward. Very cool. What's the geographic market? that West Virginia Women Work serves? Is it primarily North Central West Virginia? Talk a little bit about that. I don't want to make any assumptions. Well, so right now our sites, our headquarter office is in Morgantown and that's kind of our flagship site. It's the first place that we launched a training program and we still have that same program uh, in Morgantown and that's a construction pre-apprenticeship site. Hmm. We also have another construction pre-apprenticeship in Charleston and that site has been there for over a decade. It's a very solid training site with great outcomes. And then we also have, starting in 2016, we launched our advanced manufacturing program. Uh, And so we have those programs in Huntington and uh, Bridgeport, both of them housed within RCBI training centers. Uh, So we have those four locations, but ultimately anyone that can travel to and make it to one of our training sites can enroll. Um, So you don't have to be from any specific county um, to be able to take one of our training programs. It's just, you know, can you get there? And we do offer a transportation reimbursement, a small kind of travel stipend. Yeah, just just out of curiosity, how many uh, women do you serve, say, on um, on an annual basis? It's anywhere from 90 to 100 uh, is what we have the capacity to take into our training programs. Mm. And that's just with our direct service. Uh, But we also do um, some technical assistance with the registered apprenticeships. Um, so we'll go out and and talk to registered apprenticeships about how to recruit, how to retain. Um, and so there are, you know, other women and um, and men that are benefiting from us going out and talking about, um, you know, how to bring people in and keep them. Yeah. So I guess, uh, Christina, just thinking about uh, how this works, what's the typical process? In other words, how does that work? If you're if you're a woman out there and you're hearing this and you're kind of stuck and don't know what to do mm-hmm. uh, in terms of your career path or maybe you know financial independence or earning p- uh, potential, you don't think that necessarily higher education or college is the right path. You don't want to incur the debt like you talked about. What's mm-hmm. what? How how does the process work? How can a woman get plugged in? 
Well, and there's some other things too that might be on their mind. You know, they might be thinking maybe I'm too old or too young, or maybe I don't Mm. have enough education or I have too much or too much money or not enough money. And none of that stuff matters. If there's any slight interest at all, you know, the best thing to do is call one of the training centers. All of the phone numbers are up on our social media pages. You know, it's all stuff up for women. Our website, wvwomenwork.org, and just have a conversation. And ultimately, if that you know conversation is encouraging, then we have people fill out an intake application on our website or mm. they can request one by paper. And what I love about our intake process is that it's not a it's not a black and white yes and no scenario. We sit down with people and we talk about where they are right then. Mm. What barriers are you facing? And maybe they're at a point that they could enroll in the training. But maybe they're at a point where they just need a little bit more before they're there. And Mm. so then we point those things out. We send them to other agencies that help with those barriers and we tell them to come back again. So we keep working with people until they're at a point where we know once we take them in, we can put them to work because ultimately that's what we're doing. We're not running a training program. We're putting people to work. So we have to know that we can get you there before we take you in. Yeah. So, so obviously you're, you know, from from that perspective, that's pretty clear cut from the employer side. It sounds like your mission is to help employers find qualified workers for their companies as well. And that's an issue all across the state of West Virginia. Oh, yeah. That's one of the biggest things I hear every, you know, every day from um, people that I'm interacting with uh, in West Virginia business. Um, how can, how do the employers get plugged into this? Well, you know, so when Women Work was founded, um, I'm going to go all the way back to the beginning. No, no this is great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When Women Work was founded, it was it was really founded expressly with the intent to offer these pre-apprenticeship programs. Our founder and my predecessor ran a very similar program out of the public education system. And so it was way back then, out of these adult learning centers, that she was already talking to employers, talking to registered apprenticeship programs, hmm. um, because her groups then were really just kind of on paper exploring careers. And she thought, well, this isn't enough. You know, they need to be getting out there. They need to be walking the job sites. They need to be going on job shadows. And then we need to be putting them in jobs. You know, enough of this sitting around talking about it. Um, So for two decades now, we've really been um, intertwined in that registered apprenticeship system. We're the only program in the state Uh, that has been approved by the West Virginia Department of Labor as a quality pre-apprenticeship program. Mm. Um, And so for a lot of, you know, these registered apprenticeship programs, and that's, you know, through the Department of Labor, oftentimes through unions, but not always, um, we've really been in that system now for decades. And so we're very intertwined in that system. With employers, sometimes they contact us. Um, but oftentimes we contact them and that's part of what our staff does is we go around, we walk onto job sites, yeah. we walk into offices, we cold call mm-hmm. <laughs> and we just talk about our program and talk about, um, you know, the quality of our graduates and their training and their licenses. And like you said, you know, what we find is oftentimes employers don't care. They don't care if you're a man or a woman. They want someone that's going to show up every day on time sober. <laughs> exactly. You know, I mean, if you could just do those th- those basic things, it's it's pretty uh, pretty uh, awesome, and that's yeah. great. That's great. So, Christine, I want to ask you. You know, you've been doing this for a number of years. What ten years now, or what? fourteen? Fourteen years. Okay, fourteen yeah. years. You've been doing this fourteen years. What's the best thing you've experienced doing this 
you know, working with WV Women Work, what's the best thing that you've seen happen? Just kind of take us to that moment. Well, I know right off the top of my head exactly what it is because okay. it's the reason I'm still here right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, after after I was my AmeriCorps ended, um, my predecessor she offers me this program coordinator job, and it was twelve bucks an hour, <laughs> and I thought I was rich, you know. <laughs> so I do my first class, and in my mind, I'm thinking, well, this is just a, a happy layover. I'm going to take this job until, you know, I decide maybe I want to go into construction because they're making great money. And it was in my first class, a woman came through. And when she came through her interview, she said, I've been a stay-at-home mom of two kids for, you know, about five years now. Um, I'm married to a man that I just don't want to be married to. And he's not, you know, he's not abusive. He doesn't hurt me. I don't, I just don't want to have this life that I have right now. And I don't know what to do because I haven't been working. I have these two kids that are depending on me. Um, but I need to make a change. And I was still a little bit doubtful at this point. And I felt like this woman's whole life was riding on me and I'm making her these promises and I don't know if I can come through. And she came through the class and she got into the carpenters union Mm. and she came back as a guest speaker to my very next class. So we're talking not even six months later and she had her own apartment and she had a new car and she came to talk to the class about, you know, her work and her home life and how things had really turned around for her and just how grateful she was. And that was the moment for me. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's really when I knew that this program was serious business and it was, you know, this wasn't an experiment. This was, um, this was the real deal. You're making and a then, difference. In, yeah. In a yeah. really significant difference. Yeah. And that resonated so deeply with me because I was so lost at the time mm. that that ended up being my wow. answer. That's what I wanted to do. That's powerful. Yeah, and thank, so after that, there's hundreds, hundreds yeah. of stories just like that. That's awesome. And it's, That's they're awesome. just really powerful thank stories. You, thank you for taking us to that to that place. Now, I want to ask you a little bit about the, the flip side of that, because I think a lot mm-hmm. of times when we talk about the worst moments, we can learn a lot from that as well. Take us to that place of your worst experience that you've had so far and just tell us that story. I think there are, you know, there's a lot of personal stories with um, clients and students that that they're just not ready yet you know, and, you know, they're experiencing something in their life that just, they're not able to move forward. And that's hard because you know that they could. Um, But really the scariest times for me have all been wrapped up in money. And there was a time back in 2016 that funding was just running really short. And it's more, it's more than just shutting down a business or losing profits. You you know all those stories, all those success stories, all those lives and families. When a site goes down, all that potential is lost and all those families then, you know, whatever might have been won't be. And so in 2016, we were really coming up on a really hard spot and we did end up losing a location. Um, but we're completely grant funded. Mm. And so if grants stop, and that's really kind of unusual for a nonprofit. Nonprofits do depend on grants somewhat, but we're entirely grant funded. Um, or were back then, mm-hmm. but you know, that, that taught me a lot and I wasn't yet director, but it did teach me about diversifying. <laughs> yeah. um, not to say we're not always in peril. We are, we really get very little, you know, individual donations. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's something that we, and you know, all nonprofits are always looking for and working towards. Yeah. So if you can boil that, that worst business moment down, if you will, uh, to one takeaway, what would that be? 
Um, I guess one takeaway is, you know, building up operating reserves and really focusing on telling your story Mm. so that, you know, people that can relate to it can help you. Yeah, that's great. Christine, I want to take a second just to mention some of the sponsors that we have for Positively West Virginia, and they are the State Journal, WVNews.com, and Interaction Media. The financial support we receive from these companies allow us to highlight the incredible things happening throughout the great state of West Virginia every week. Our guest today, once again, is Christina Serbak, and she's with WV Women Work, based in Morgantown with uh, also uh, locations around the state. Um, Christina, I'm really fascinated by what you're doing. I want to continue in with this interview. What's the vision that you have for West Virginia Women Work Incorporated long term? Well, I think that, you know, as an organization being founded here with this focus on West Virginia women, that's where our focus will always remain. It's always going to remain on the women in West Virginia. Um, And as I said before, you know, this is where our roots are, um, and especially in direct service programs. Um, So I think that, you know, we'll stay in West Virginia and we'll look at diversifying our programs. You know, the, the struggles that West Virginians face are, some of them are systemic and they've been here for a long time and other ones are new and evolving. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, we, we really want to focus on staying up to date and, and doing what we can. Yeah. What's one of the biggest challenges you face right now? Well, right now us, like, I think like probably all companies in West Virginia are, Um, faced with this opioid epidemic and what it's doing to families and what it's doing to the workforce. And so our programs are really looking at, you know, what, what, what role does uh, workforce development and job training, what role do we play in that system? Um, Because that's really kind of at the end of the line um, after rehabilitation, after treatment, um, that's, that's, uh, you know, reintegrating back into the workforce and, and what is our role in that? And how do we, how do we act as that bridge for employers? Um, and I think now, especially in construction and manufacturing where safety is really, you know, a top priority and at the forefront at all times, um, they're asking too, you know, what is our response? How do we, how can we, you know, make changes that are good for everyone and keep everyone safe, but also, you know, take into account this epidemic Absolutely. That, the, that the state is facing. Yeah, you're 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 on to something big there, I think. And you know, um, <clears throat> one of my good friends is Doug Leach, and his company is Ascension Recovery Services. And yes, course, I'm very familiar. Yeah, Doug's actually one of our. He's not only a great friend; he's also uh, one of our clients, and we help them uh, with their, you know, their their marketing out there in the world um, and what he's doing. Uh, he's actually been a, a guest on the show as well a couple of years ago. And, um, w- you know, with Reintegrate West Virginia, West Virginia Sober yes. Living, Ascension Recovery Services, I think what you're doing with uh, West Virginia Women Work, you know, finding, you know, having, you know, you used the word significance. And I, I think that's exactly what you're doing. You're, you're providing a significant opportunity for these women to, you know, to, to pull them out. How did you, how did you phrase that? You said it wasn't a safety net, it was a springboard. A springboard. Yeah. Program. And I, I think that's a great yeah. metaphor because, 
you know, that's oftentimes what people need. You know, they don't necessarily um, need a safety net. Yeah, we do. We all need a safety net of, of yeah. some sorts. But but the idea of saying, you know what, I'm in this situation. I want to get out of it. I'm going to take this step and then hitting a springboard that can launch you into something bigger and better uh, to provide for your family and pr- create more opportunities yeah. is really what it's all about. Absolutely. I mean, there are there are a lot of organizations that offer those safety net programs, and I personally have been on all of them. Yeah. I received assistance <laughs> from all of them, yeah. and they're important. They're important to pair with yeah. a program like ours. I think a lot of our students wouldn't get through without mm. those safety net programs, mm. so they are important. Yeah, absolutely. But the goal is, you know, put all those together, get into a springboard program, and then leave mm. it all behind. Yeah. You know, then don't need any of it ever don't again. Don't look back. Right. Yeah. So, so I think about, um, you know, th- your experience. And coming up through the ranks and, and 14 years in this organization, there's nobody better equipped to be doing this than you, right? I mean, that's just—I don't—I've never met you, but I'm, I'm thinking, man, this—you—you you have found your calling here, right? You're in your lane, and and so I want to ask you, what what's one piece of advice, Christina, that you would give to young women out there, or maybe maybe it's an, an you know an, an older person also, a woman um, who has experienced some things that they're. They just don't know what to do, and maybe they're feeling a little bit stuck. What's one piece of advice you would give them about uh, moving forward and stepping onto that springboard? Well, I guess I think reaching out, I think, is always Hmm. really very difficult. Hmm. Um, And I was was listening to another podcast recently, and they were talking about um, courage and what courage really looks like. And I think one of the most difficult and brave things to do is just reaching out and talking to someone. Uh, So no matter what your circumstance, whether you are looking at getting into the workforce or whether you're facing, um, you know, abuse at home or you're struggling with an addiction, you know, maybe you're not ready for a change and that's okay, but just reaching out and talking to someone. And the more you talk to people, the more you, the more they open up to you and the Mm -hmm. more you're bound to start hearing what worked for them. And that's how you come across organizations like mine, organizations like Ascension. A lot of times these programs that help, they don't have big money to go out and talk about what they do. And so people hear about them through other people that the program has helped. Mm. Um, so really just, you know, having conversations, I think, even if, even if you go online and you do it under some alias, you know, you just, no one has to know even who you are nowadays. Just start talking. Yeah. My takeaway from, from that advice is just take that step. Yeah, absolutely. That first step is the hardest one. Yeah. Christina, what's one thing you do every day personally that you think contributes to your success? I think for all of us, you know, whether you're in for-profit, non-profit, I think it's really easy to just get lost in forms and procedures and just kind of like the busy bee work of every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but something that I do and something that my staff does is every day, every decision, we have to ask ourselves, will this put women in high-wage careers? So we really focus on keeping the mission at the forefront of every decision we make. Mm. Um, because, you know, we get we get some federal funding. We get this, we get that. There's there's a lot of procedure protocol. Um, and it's so easy to just get tied up in all of that when ultimately are we doing the real work? Just mm-hmm. asking yourself, what's my goal? What's my real work? And kind of recentering every morning before you jump in. Yeah, that's important for sure. What's one resource that you use in your organization that you just can't live, live without? It could be like a piece of software or something like that. What's one resource that you use? 
Well, we um, we actually have G Suite for nonprofits, which Google provides free yeah, to nonprofit organizations. Isn't that awesome? Um, yeah, and it's just it's intertwined in every single thing we do. And actually, right now, and I don't know, like you said, when this might air, but mm-hmm. uh, right now we're all um, kind of in this situation with the coronavirus, where mm-hmm. we're um, faced with trying to work from home. Yeah, and in this specific scenario, because we have this, you know, G suites for nonprofits, everything we have is already on the cloud and it's made that transition um, really, really easy. And I think we'll even be able to offer classes online to our students using that software. So if there's, you know, even for-profit companies, I think the cost is nominal compared to the advantage. Absolutely. Christina, what's, um, what's one book or, or even a podcast that you would recommend for women who are trying to um, kind of maybe fight through that battle that they're going through of trying to find their way? What's one book or podcast you'd recommend for them? Um, you know, a book that I, I think a, a lot of women especially – um, can take, you know, women in leadership roles or, or maybe not even leadership mm. roles, just everyday life and, um, and really being able to communicate because, you know, I don't know how much, I don't know how much people realize it, but especially women in business, we're kind of faced with this, you know, constant extra layer of work of how to communicate without being taken the wrong way, you know, and, you know, all of the concerns around um, just kind of some, some things that are put on women. And so a, a book that I read that I think could be especially helpful for women in business is this book called um, Radical Candor. Hmm. And I don't even, I can't even think of the um, the author off the top of my mind, but I found it interesting and helpful and pretty yeah. insightful. Uh, Kim Scott. Kim Scott, yes. Yeah, that's, it. Yeah, that's, that's it. good. Well, I, I can assure you that that book has not been recommended yet. Uh, we have a, a list on our resources page over the last couple of years at WV, uh, I'm sorry, PositivelyWV.com. And you just click on the resources page and there's a list of every single book that's been recommended. And, and that's, I'm honored to put that one on the list. I'm uh, anxious to get that up and running. And, and all those books that are, have been recommended, uh, it's a great almost like a virtual library, but people can can click on the link and just order it directly from Amazon. So we'll make sure we get that on there. Thank you for that recommendation. It's hard after, uh, you know, almost three years of doing this uh, in our third year right now, uh, coming up with books that haven't been recommended, but I always love hearing people's recommendations. I think that's really cool. Well, hey, if you're ever looking for off-the-wall ideas, I'm the one to go to. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I specialize in. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, Christina, uh, we've covered a lot in this interview in just a short amount of time. Is there anything else that you think our listeners would, you know, they should know about your story or, you know, um, this, you know the story of your organization uh, right now with uh, West Virginia Women Work? Well, um, you know, I think, you know, if you're a person that might be interested uh, or you know someone who you think this program might be a good fit for, we're really easy to get a hold of. And again, you know, all of our information is on our website, wvwomenwork.org. Um, if you're someone else, <laughs> maybe you're an entrepreneur mm-hmm. um, or maybe you're a volunteer or maybe you're a business owner. Um, I think, you know, the one thing I'd want to say to everyone is just, you know, the the pie is big enough. I don't know if that's a phrase 
you've heard before, but Hmm. you know, the pie is big enough. There's always a way for everyone to win. We don't all have to fight over the same piece of pie. And so if you're a business owner, um, you know, go out there and look for nonprofits that have a mission that really resonates with you or means something to you Hmm. and work with them. Maybe make a donation and everybody wins because the nonprofit's getting money and you get a tax write off and it looks really great on you Hmm. to go out there and donate money. So you're really not even losing money. Uh, So, you know, work with your accountant, find a nonprofit and make a donation. You can get both federal and state tax credits for that. Yeah, that's great. Um, So just, you know, consider it. I liked your your, uh, metaphor of the pie, you know, because, you know, you're right. I mean, we don't all have to have the whole pie. We don't have to have a bigger slice of the pie. Sometimes the crumbs can sustain us, right? Uh, Well, yeah, I know. That's what I've been doing for 20 years, living on the crumbs. That's that's great. That's great. Well, um, obviously, we'll have a link to the WVWomenWork.org uh, website on our show notes. Um, is that a great place for folks to maybe even reach out to you personally and, and get in touch with you? Yes, 100%. Phone numbers, email addresses, it's all on there. Yeah. Awesome. That's really great. Uh, Christina, I just want to say it's been an honor to have you on the show today. I think what you're doing is really inspirational. I think it's important work and I just would like to in- encourage you to keep it up. Wow. Thank you so much. It's really been a pleasure. Yeah. Well, folks, that's a wrap on another episode of Positively West Virginia. Positively West Virginia is brought to you by the State Journal, WVNews.com, and Interaction Media. As we continue on our journey to help share positive stories of companies and people doing amazing things all across the Mountain State, just like Christina Serbak and the West Virginia Women Work Incorporated organization in Morgantown, West Virginia. Our hope is that we in some way inspire and motivate you, maybe even equip you with uh, some new information by sharing these success stories in West Virginia. If you or someone you know of would be a great guest on the show, drop us a line on our website, PositivelyWV.com. And, of course, we appreciate you uh, sharing those stories. We appreciate your comments and encouragement as we go along this journey as well. On behalf of our entire Positively West Virginia team, until next time, I'm your host, Jim Matuga. Stay positive, West Virginia. 